Okay, so welcome back to my podcast. Sorry and thank you. Sorry if I offend you and thank you for your input or thank you for listening. Um, The last one we spoke about goals and goal setting. Uh, That was just a little introductory one for my very first podcast. I've had four listeners, so (laughs) welcome to those four who I'm pretty sure are my two daughters, my partner and the mysterious fourth listener. Very grateful for you. Now, I thought that off the back of the first one where I talked about goal setting and New Year's resolutions, that it would be appropriate to talk about women and the body because a lot of women like to set goals about uh, diets that they might go on or how much weight they're going to lose or the shape that they want their human body to take in the new year. And some of the terminology I'm going to use, uh, just bear with me. So what I really hate is when people are constantly telling me that they're on a diet. What you're signaling to the world when you say, I'm on a diet, unless it's like some sort of medical condition, like you're on a diet because of your diabetes or you're on a diet because you're going to have surgery or you have some sort of specific eating pattern based on your philosophy or personal beliefs. For example, I'm vegan. Um, I started off being vegan just because I didn't like the taste of meat after having my second daughter. I sort of went off it and then learned a little bit more about the philosophy around veganism. Um, Not a real active in the political scene in that respect but I think that overall it's probably better for the environment uh, you could disagree with me with that but this is not a top this is not a um, conversation I'm having today about diets that people might be on for the sake of it but when you say I'm on a diet and then you rub your stomach or I can't have that piece of cake because I'm on a diet basically what you're signaling to the world is that you're saying I know that I don't fit into the stereotype of what is appropriate for the male gaze. And I want you to know that I know that I'm, I don't have the right body. And so I want you to know that I know that and that you know that I think that I'm doing something about it. It's this like constant apologizing for the way that you look and the body that you're in. And women are trained to internalize this idea of what they think the perfect body is. And that could be, it, it, but basically it doesn't exist. Like we have to constantly be working on our bodies because the focus for females Um, is on the body it's you know is it sexualized Uh, does it you know it's there's a constant fixation on the body I mean you just have to look at the tabloids to see that a lot of stories about celebrity women or even women politicians is to do with the body because women are historically associated with the body they're associated with the body and the body is associated with the earth and so they're seen as less superior to men who are associated with the mind and those standards that we uh, hold ourselves to is called the male gaze if you're not familiar with 
the idea of the male gaze. So basically um, what men want from women or what they find attractive is we internalize that for ourselves and the way that we look at other women and that we try to meet the standard of the male gaze, which is actually, it doesn't really exist. Um, it's just part of the, the cultural imaginary. Although men do sometimes like to think that it exists. Now, I recently heard about two um, quite educated men talking about another female that I know. And by any objective standards, this woman is um, an absolute goddess. Uh, and one of the males expressed that he... Uh, found her quite attractive and was perhaps thinking about asking her out and the other male said oh but isn't she a bit overweight like isn't she a bit fat and well first of all that's disgusting because these particular males look like two rats have had sex and been birthed out of an asshole but they think that they've got value by virtue of the penis between their legs no, that's really, really mean. I shouldn't put down um, the way that people look. But honestly, like the, the fact that they think that they can make these comments about somebody um, who is objectively, and I'm not even just joking about it, in objectively according to the standard of the male gaze, this woman is gorgeous. And what does it mean to be fat anyway? I mean, fat, everybody's got fat. It's like people are so scared of it. Fat makes up part of the human body, just as our skin and bones and our hair does. And to call someone fat is like, what are you talking about? You're, you've got fat in your body too. Like you can't escape it. Even the fittest people on the planet have fat in their body. Are you scared about the amount of fat you've got in your body? Are you scared? Anyway, what the fuck are you talking about? Anyway, so let's get back to this male gaze. So women are trying to internalize male control. So, so first of all, as we know through history, history is written by men primarily. And when I say men, I'm not talking about trans men. I'm talking about uh, cis men or, you know, um, the hegemony. So they've written history, philosophy. Women are obviously... Um, particularly with the first, second and third wave feminism started making some inroads. But primarily the history of our planet is according to men. You can only just look at religion, all men, uh, philosophers, mostly men. There are some great women philosophers like Mary Wollstonecraft, um, Simone, but primarily men. Um, and... And so women are still defining themselves by the way that men have defined them. And that's primarily focused on women's bodies. Now, if you are trans and you're transitioning to womanhood, um, I don't want you to feel excluded. I've seen a lot of trans comments where they say, oh, I feel like I'm not passing, um, you know, ever since I started this transition, there's such a focus on the body and I'm not passing. Well, I've got some good news for you. And the good news is that welcome to womanhood because no woman ever passes. It's just this constant need to perfect ourselves. So you're not the only one there. You're not Robinson Crusoe. 
Um, and the bad news is, well, the flip side of that, that there's always going to be a focus on your body, a focus on you passing, and you'll probably never cut the mustard because nobody does. So anyway, um, it's the way that our we view our bodies according to the male gaze is a method of continual control by the patriarchy. Women are trained to internalise this male control by internalising the male gaze. And then we subconsciously or sometimes consciously fixate on our bodies to try and make them acceptable to a standard that doesn't really exist. We actually don't know what the standard is, but we know that there is some sort of a standard. But And, and we know that we can't meet it. So we have to constantly be monitoring ourselves, constantly be dieting, constantly apologising for the way that we look. Um, even with the, uh, the body positive culture, um, when people of all different shapes and sizes, you know, there's this uh, need to be sexy no matter what you look like. Even that is like you, you're not really accepting the way that you look. You need to prove that the male gaze can also be fixated on different shapes and sizes. We're not, we're still not really breaking away from that, um, that need not to be sexy or not to meet the male gaze. If that doesn't make any sense to you, uh, maybe it will one day. But I apologize, we're going into a little bit of uh, feminist philosophy here. Um, but I would say that the, the now the social norms um, that restrict our freedoms as women um, it's it's really shit and I I just, I feel like I'm not really sure what needs to happen. I think the most exciting thing about being a woman at the moment is that because so much of history and religion and philosophy and what the world is primarily based on at the moment is um, written by men and according to men's point of view, men's point of view, and we've sort of been these side characters, like sidekicks in this story, the exciting thing is that we now are in a position where we can redefine what it means to be a woman in the world. And we can, we, we've already started, like I said, with those um, feminist waves, um, some very early feminist writing in the 18, 1900s. Uh, but primarily it's been men. Now, I'm not excluding everything. You can't say, oh, but there was this one, you know, really good piece of, piece of writing. But we're sort of at this stage in, in our history and I feel like with the rise of social media, it's almost like we're backtracking. Our, the obsession is once again becoming fixated on the body, on the image, and that image is still to the standard of the male gaze because we haven't thought about it and we haven't progressed far enough. But like I said before, the exciting thing about being a woman at the moment is that we get to define our own history. Like who are we out, who is, what is woman outside of the male gaze? And what is woman outside 
of the history and the philosophy of man. We get to determine that ourselves. So let's not waste this opportunity. And stop saying you're going on a diet all the time. Like there's nothing wrong with your body. If you want to be healthy for the sake of health, do it. But you don't need to signal to the world that you think that you've got some defects. Because, yeah, there are people that will look at you and judge you, but fuck them. They're just not enlightened. Um, I have, and, and I think that we sort of, as vultures, we kind of just find easy targets and pick away at the way that people look and um, their bodies. Um, actually, I will just go off on a little tangent now because when I was talking about um, women um, in philosophy, and also um, in history of particularly um, have been associated with the body. Uh, the body is flesh and blood, which is associated with the earth. Um, and so we're more down to earth. You know, we can't escape the earth. Um, if you are a female body, you bleed. Um, you, you're constantly reminded of, of your body. Um, whereas men were always associated with the mind and the brain and the spiritual things and they're just more superior. According to Aristotle, they're superior and they're supposed to rule over us. Um, that's why I never understand why females um, like to follow Aristotle's teachings. He's got some good stuff, but he's a bit of an idiot, let's be honest. Um, anyway, so if back to social media, so I've, I was reading an um, article the other day and, I, and I've recently become aware of this um, TikTok trend called the Marilyn Monroe effect. I was also looking it up on psychology today. Um, it seems to be some sort of a phenomena and there was a, an article in a, like an opinion article um, written by this columnist who does like dating things. She wasn't saying anything bad about it. She was saying how she tried the Marilyn Monroe effect and, and then she, you know, scored herself a date. whoop de doo So Marilyn Monroe, um, the Marilyn Monroe effect, as far as I can tell, um, is sort of picking things that you know that made her so appealing and then sort of applying them to yourself so her confidence her sexual allure um one article said that you know to make eye contact it's sort of this whole um how to be more sensual and be more like Marilyn Monroe to attract people to yourself Sometimes it feels like movements like this, it's like all the efforts that have been made by early feminists regarding body image is regressing. Um, perhaps because of those sort of social media trends and social media, there's a renewed obsession and focus on image. Um, back to that Marilyn Monroe effect, things like this really trouble me. First of all, because Marilyn Monroe um, was obviously a typecast. She was typecast as this dumb blonde figure. Um, and she said in several interviews to have felt disappointment at being typecast. So when people say the Marilyn Monroe effect, you're just picking and choosing really superficial parts of this woman and then using them for your own gain, um, like some sort of vultures. Um, only focusing on her image and not the substance that she was as a person, glossing over her traumatized life um, that resulted from that image. 
So a little bit of history of Marilyn Monroe, if you're thinking about having that Mar- using that Marilyn Monroe effect, don't be your own person. Um, she had a troubled childhood. She married at 16 years old. She started as a pinup girl and posed nude to get a start in the career. Her movie career typecast her as a sex symbol and a dumb blonde and was originally she was used to try and draw males into the theatre. So she was the ultimate of the male gaze. And she's said to have felt that disappointment, like I said, about being typecast. She struggled with addiction and mood disorders and her ultimate death was ruled a probable suicide. She struggled, as all women do and did, um, about having to fit into the box of the male gaze to get ahead. No one talks about the Marilyn Monroe effect about, you know, getting help with your mental health. You're just picking and choosing like vultures. She's not. I think if she was alive today, she would be part of the Me Too movement. I think if she was alive today, she would be an advocate for mental health. I think if she was alive today, her story would be a lot different and not just be seen as the blonde with the white dress on being upskirted by some street fan. So always think about these things. Think about the substance um, of the things that you're following and stop telling people that you're going on a diet. I'm so sick of this fixation on women's bodies. Fuck them. They don't need to be, you know, people don't need to be constantly fixated on your body. It's hard. We live in a world where everybody you kind of you kind of have to i mean i wear makeup um i do my hair not always sometimes i just just a bum and i don't care i've decided not to care anymore when i when i feel like i don't look perfect because we're all growing and we're all learning but the reality is to get ahead in life sometimes you need to play the part it's just like um, when supermarkets were giving out plastic bags because there was no other option. I didn't agree with using the plastic bag and I knew it was bad for the environment, but the whole society needed to, well, the whole system needed to change so that that was no longer the only option that we had. Um, we could bring our own bags, obviously, but I'm just trying to use that as an example. So we need to take small steps about Uh, Loving ourselves, not just because we think that we fit the male gaze and we're sexy, but scrap that male gaze altogether and define who, what it means to be a woman for you. This is a real opportunity for women to define their own history and to write their own story and to poo-poo all of the past and all those stereotypes that have been put on them. It's exciting. It's exciting and, um, yeah, you don't need to go on that diet, bitch, unless you do, then do it. But don't do it because you think that that's what you have to do to fit into society. And if any males that give you flack, tell them they're a misogynist pig. Yeah. So anyway, focus on the body because it's special and it's important and it's nourishing. But don't focus on it through the male gaze. Define for yourself what it means to be a woman and to have a woman's body and respect yourself. Have some respect. Anyway, um, thanks for listening. Hopefully I'll get 
more than four listeners this time but in any event i'm really enjoying doing this and getting a bit of that everyday feminist philosophy out there i've got a few ideas about what i want to do next um yeah love to everybody you are fantastic be the best you